Hey, beer nerds. Welcome to the podcast. Got a great episode today featuring Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky, which is uh, in the greater Cincinnati, Ohio area, uh, which is just a booming place for all different craft uh, breweries right now. So, uh, you know, give it a listen. Feel free to share it with your friends. Um, Like Building Breweries on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, and uh, follow me on Twitter, MolarMD. Uh, you know, if you're a brewery, if you, uh, you feel like you have a story to share, feel free to reach out to me uh, at michael at buildingbreweries.com. Or if you uh, have any other suggestions, feel free to reach out. I'm here at Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky, part of the greater Cincinnati, Ohio area with Evan. Evan, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. And so, you know, just uh, right off the bat, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here for Braxton? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Evan Rouse. I'm one of the co-founders and the chief operating officer here at Braxton Brewing Company. Uh, I started home brewing in my garage on Braxton Drive with my father when I was around 16 years old. Um, from there, it, it turned into, uh, it went from a hobby into a passion. Uh, started started with extract, went to all grain, um, and quickly started entering competitions and winning. That turned into a, uh, an assistant brewing job at Hofburg House in Newport, Kentucky. Uh, I was there for about three years before leaving to focus on starting Braxton. I also heard that there was a, a story or maybe some inspiration um, that's associated with Upland Brewing Company. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. So the whole idea that uh, the whole reason we got started brewing uh, was we were dropping my brother, Jake, who's our CEO, uh, off at Indiana University uh, for college. And we went to Upland for lunch and we had lunch at Upland. The waitress walked us through the entire process. They made their own beer there. And my mind was blown at the time I was a junior or sophomore or junior in high school. Uh, and to me, beer was just the macro. So you had your Bud Light and your Miller Light. Yellow fizzy um, water. Yeah, exactly. So so on the way home, I looked at my dad. I said, Dad, we're going we're gonna to homebrew. Like, this sounds awesome. Uh, we ordered a homebrewing kit from uh, my phone, and, and the rest is history. Awesome. So, I mean, you, you walk into the tap room here, and then kind of just you go through the branding of your website and everything as well. And, and then the central theme is the garage. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea, the idea um, behind all of our branding and, and Braxton as a whole is that the garage is the, the mother of invention, right? So many Fortune 500 and many larger corporations started in a garage, such as Google, Apple, Amazon, uh, Disney, I believe, as well. Uh, and that's where we started. We started, uh, started homebrewing in the garage on Braxton Drive. Tell me about the uh, the tap room itself, like the built the building, uh, maybe part of the the history in the neighborhood that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. So the the building that we're in uh, was built in the early twenties, uh, so it's going on a hundred years old. Originally, it was uh, is an Algin supermarket, um, and it was a Sears and Roebuck at one point as well. Yeah, my, uh, my grandma used to shop here. Apparently, yeah. I mean, it was it's so there. There's been some people that come in, they have a coffee, and they walk around. And they they'll point like that used to be a meat counter. This used to be the children's shoes. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool history here. Um, in 2007, it was renovated to be an art gallery and an architecture firm. Uh, before we came in and turned it into the brewery that it is now. Uh, the area that we're in uh, is the Pike Street District, which is the Duvneck Square. Um, and since we've opened, there's a big renaissance happening here. Um, including places like Hotel Covington that just opened up, which is a four-star boutique hotel. Uh, the Hannaford, which is right across the street. It's a bar that opened up. And now you've got a $30 million uh, high-end apartment complex going up, uh, a lot of restaurants going in, and a lot of redevelopment happening here as well. You mentioned a second ago about people walking in and, and getting their coffee in the morning. I'm, I'm drinking coffee right now. 
Um, whose idea was it to have coffee so so important to a brewery? Yeah, that's uh, it, it came from a, a combination of, of people. Um, our, our CMO, Jonathan Gandalf, Jake, uh, and myself, we were, we were having a conversation about, you know, we, A, we love coffee. Um, B, somebody's always here. Um, you know, the brewer, brewers start 4.35 o'clock in the morning. Um, and we really wanted to pay homage to kind of the startup phase. So Jake and Jonathan both come from the tech world. Uh, they worked in tech. Um, and, and through that, they wanted to offer the fastest Wi-Fi in the city. So we have gigabit up, gigabit down uh, Wi-Fi speeds. We open up at 8 a.m. to uh, serve coffee um, and invite people to use our space as a hub for entrepreneurship. Excellent. Now, um Talk about your flagship beers and, and why did you focus on those beers specifically? Absolutely. So our, our, our flagship, our, our bread and butter, our tried and true is Storm. It is a golden cream ale. Um, it is 4.8% ABV, 17 IBUs. Um, and it was the first all grain beer that I had ever wrote a recipe for and brewed myself. Um, so multiple, multiple, multiple times of kind of dialing in that recipe to get it to be exactly what I wanted to be, which was just a very nice crisp light summer sipper if you will um and what's really unique about that beer is that cincinnati has a really really deep history within cream ales uh so it it worked really well for it to be our our go-to main flagship beer excuse me uh and then from there revamp ipa uh is our year-round american ipa it uses citra chinook simcoe and amarillo hops uh six and a half percent 60 ibus really bright tropical and citrus fruit notes and flavor um really really like that uh, when we opened, we had Crankshaft, uh, and we replaced Crankshaft with Revamp. Uh, next is Twisted Bit. Twisted Bit is a Dortmunder-style lager. We used uh, traditional decoction mashing uh, for that beer. Uh, German lager yeast sits in a tank for 31 days uh, before it comes out. And then lastly is Dead Blow, which is a tropical stout. It's brewed with uh, macerated dates. It's a 75 or 80 pounds per 20-barrel batch. Use a dry fermenting English ale yeast to really bring that fruitiness forward uh, and keep the body kind of light, and so it's not uh, real heavy stout. And um, it's so you've got you've got those beers, but you also do some experimental things as well, especially in in recent times with the Braxton Labs uh, project, the the location. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So Braxton Labs uh, came to be earlier this year. Uh, really excited about that. We were. Um, as we continue to grow here, uh, you know, we did 2,500 barrels in our first year, which was nine calendar months. Uh, 2016, we did 7,500. This year, we're on track to do about 15,000. Um, as we continue to scale up production, getting in uh, smaller batches to, to play around with, are it's kind of difficult because um, we're brewing such large volumes of all, all of our seasonals in our core. Uh, and we had the opportunity to, to create Braxton Labs. Uh, eight ball brewing company in the back of the party source was closing down and, and we were able to work out a deal where we, you know, assumed the lease and purchased their assets. Um, and so now it's home to Braxton labs, which is our innovation facility. Uh, we have a full-time guy over there. Who's our lead innovation brewer. Uh, we work together, uh, to write recipes, uh, brew crazy things. So we just had a bottle release of us Imperial Brown, which was a sweet potato, uh, casserole. Um, the bottle sold out in 45 minutes. It was crazy. Uh, so just a lot of fun stuff coming out of there. Just, just real quick, can you can you describe that sweet potato casserole? I mean, is it does it taste like a Thanksgiving meal or it, what? It does. Uh, so we uh, we took an imperial brown ale. Uh, we added, I think it was 150 or 200 pounds of mashed sweet potatoes, and we dumped that right into the mash. Um, from there, we used vanilla beans and uh, to to get that marshmallow flavor. 
Um, and if you get it in the tap room, we actually uh, roast a marshmallow and put it on top of the glass and serve it with the beer. It's uh, it's a really really nice brown ale. Um, so I, I I work around beer a lot, and uh, you know it's you end up trying so many of them so many times. You think you end up thinking, okay, it's it's fine. Uh, it's it's good. It's good job, guys. It's fine. Uh, I remember having your New England Braxton Labs New England IPA over the summer, and that was like the first beer in a while. I remember thinking, wow really good <laughs> yeah we uh juicy so we uh we've done a few different new england ipas uh since the first release yeah. um they're all really really well received um zach our lead innovation brewer over there has uh has really kind of studied that style and tried to try to pinpoint exactly what it takes to make the perfect new england style ipa um so we just kicked the last keg of 004 which was our fourth rendition um and that one was really really popular very, very good. Uh, where, where are you all distributing to right now? Uh, so right now we distribute the entire state of Kentucky uh, with wholesalers in Lexington and Louisville and northern Kentucky, and they take us statewide. Um, we just recently launched Nashville, Tennessee, um, and that, that's going really well. And we go as far north as Dayton, so Cincinnati, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. Um, so, yeah, Dayton to, Dayton to Nashville. So the, the Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati uh, brewing scene, beverage scene is, is pretty large. I mean, it's more than growing because I think it's already like it's, it's huge. How do you, this is kind of a loaded question, but how do you both fit in and stand out in that scene? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great question. Um, it's continuing to grow. I think when, uh, when we were talking about opening our brewery, we, we thought and felt that we were kind of late to the game. Um, but you know, there are, there are breweries that are still opening. I think the rates about one to two breweries a day in the United States. And there's, there's North of, I think six or 7,000 breweries now. Um, in Cincinnati alone, we're North of 50 in the 275 greater Cincinnati loop, uh, which that number was low, low thirties, high twenties when we opened. Um, I think what really makes us stand out is two things. Um, just for the main location, uh, initially was, was a we have a we have a true story, um, you know, starting from uh, humble roots in a garage, home brewing, and turning it into you know our dream. It is the American dream. Um, second is our our selection of beer styles. Uh, I think it's uh, very unique, and I think it's not much like anything else that people offer in Cincinnati. So you know, not many people would open a brewery today and and lead with a golden cream ale, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's what we did, and it it, it seems to have uh, to work out with. As far as labs goes, um, I think it's I think it's the ability to have a true play on innovation, uh, and we have the flexibility over there because we don't run that facility with a production schedule. Uh, so, you know, if we see something trending really well, we're going to take a stab at it. Um, or if we have a crazy idea, we in the middle of the summer um, we threw two or two hundred and fifty pounds of freshly freshly diced cucumbers into a whip beer. And I mean, just because, uh, so the ability to innovate there is really what, what makes that, that place a real stronghold for us. So it obviously, I think it comes across well, that family is important to Braxton. And I think in a sense, uh, community does come across as well. That that's something that's important to, to your brewery, whether it's helping on a, on a more nationwide scale with, with somebody outside of your area with the hurricane Harvey victims, canning water for them or something local with United way. It seems like y'all are pretty heavily involved. That, that's a trend that I see a lot with a lot of breweries. No matter really what size they are, they want to help out their community. Can you speak on that? Yeah, absolutely. So that that is something that was extremely important to us from the start. Um, we wanted to not only impact our local community, but we wanted to be a major player in our local community. Uh, and for us, the, the main thing that allows us to do that is giving back. 
Uh, and it's not necessarily a monetary donation. Uh, it can be spending hours volunteering. Uh, we've done that. Um, we've helped, we've helped all different types of organizations. Um, but it's something that's very, very important to us from, you know, if you look at our four core values, the most, the number one is Braxton family. Um, and so we treat all of our employees as if they're part of a family and that's, it's really important. So each employee here has the same mentality that they want to, they want to give back. They want to help out. They want to go the extra mile to do what they can for this community. And it's really made an impact in this area. And then Braxton also got involved with college basketball recently, I hear, uh, with the uh, Northern Kentucky University Norseman. Uh, how did that deal come out? Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So that was, uh, that was a deal that was in, a works, in the works for a while. Um, Jake uh, runs sponsorships and, and partnerships uh, for Braxton. Uh, but they, they had reached out to us and said, you know, we, we really want to kind of we want to make craft beer more prominent this year for the season. Um, and they wanted to see if a brewery would partner with them on making a Norse beer um and we were really excited we've got several people that went to nku um graduated from nku uh so the whole the whole company was kind of behind it um and the idea to to make the pale ale was you know it's one of the most popular styles in america it just makes sense you want you want something a little bit lighter that's not going to weigh you down and you have multiple of while you're watching a game um and now we've got uh, you know the whole braxton beer garden at uh, bbnt arena so it's it's really worked out so when, when doing a collaboration project like that, whether it's with, you know, co- college basketball or, you know, a university um, or or a local ice cream place like Graders in Cincinnati, which you've done a lot of collaborations with in, in the past as well. When those organizations or those individuals don't necessarily, you know, brew beer themselves, like what what is their input like on the brewing process, if any? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it varies case by case. Um, so for example, if you take the, the Norse pale ale, that was a couple meetings trying to figure out what style makes the most sense. Uh, and then once we had that style nailed down, we ran with it to get the, the beer that we thought would sell best in that setting. Um, whereas if you take a project like graders, um, we worked very closely with the graders family to develop a beer that would represent their ice cream flavor. So we went through three and four test batches, and each time we test batch, we got together, we tried the test batch, we wrote down notes, we made tweaks, and we test batched again. Um, so each one's different, um, but they're, they're all very unique in their own way. What a, whether it's an individual or, or a brewery itself, who, who do you, or I guess maybe Braxton, look up to in, in the beverage world? That's a great question. Um, who do we look up to in the beverage world? I would say, um, I know one for sure is New Belgium. Uh, really, really like New Belgium. Um, from a facility standpoint, I think the most amazing tour that I've been on has been the uh, behind-the-scenes tour at uh, Sierra Nevada in Asheville. Um, I don't know if you've been there, but their facility is gorgeous. It's massive. Um, and so just, just breweries that, that you know have a really good reputation who strive to do better, strive for the community, and put out really consistent, really solid products. Somewhat off topic, I'm, I'm leaving for uh, Colorado uh, tomorrow. Uh, where, where should I go? Oh, boy. Um, I just got back after visiting uh, GABF. D- um, D- Denver and, and uh, Boulder specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, trying to think. Uh, in Denver, man, there were so many. I think Ratio is out there, and that, was, that place was really cool. Um, in Boulder... I think Avery's in Boulder, right? Yeah, Definitely yeah. hit Avery. Uh, that place is awesome. If you if you make it to Fort Collins, it's about another half hour, mm-hmm. forty five minutes north of Boulder. Uh, hit Odell and hit uh, hit New Belgium. They're awesome. I appreciate your time. One last question: 
what's in store for Brexit in 2018? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we came off of uh, a, a long week away with the entire leadership team talking about 2018 goals, expansion and growth. And uh, what you can expect to see from us is the same consistent product uh, growing deeper within the markets that we're currently in uh, and, and continuing to build a brand presence. Um, we're, we're going to continue to add as many tanks as we need to keep Cincinnatians and Nashvilleians uh, <laughs> as, as their thirst quench as much as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, there's going to be some new, new fun product releases too that I can't talk too much about, but there's a lot of big things in store. Can't wait. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Today, Thank you. Thank you.